Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. I'm Rudy Maxa. You're here in Rudy Maxa's world. Hey, it's a spring weekend, or I hope it's spring where you are anyway. Uh, nice to have you here. If you've never listened to this show before, it's all about travel. We do travel news. We do travel deals. We talk to folks who write books about travel. We talk. We look at travel from just about every angle. This hour, we're going to talk with a man who went behind the scenes in Las Vegas for the international editions of Reader's Digest, and he's going to bring us some Vegas secrets, stuff you never knew that they do to make you gamble and think you're a winner and et cetera, et cetera. Rob Keener is going to join us. We're going to talk in just a moment with a writer with The Atlantic Magazine who's going to identify one of those gaping holes in airline security that people don't talk about much. No, it's not about cargo that's not inspected on the in the bellies of planes. It's about something else entirely different. We're going to visit with Bill Chalmers. He's the creator of The Global Scavenger Hunt, but he's got a new book out called On the Origin of the Species, Homo Touristicus. And we're going to talk about sort of the history through not years, but centuries of how people travel differently than they used to. And also we're going to explore the difference between desert hot springs and Palm Springs. Even California people, Southern California, a lot of people don't know the difference. We're going to talk with a woman at uh, Desert Hot Springs and get a little snapshot of that area. First, let's take a little look at travel news uh, this week. A 24-year-old woman working aboard the Disney Wonder went missing last week, and news reports suggest she may have committed suicide by jumping overboard. Rebecca Corian was from England, and she worked as a youth activities coordinator on the ship sailing between Los Angeles and the Mexican Riviera. Now, you know, when a citizen, U.S. citizen goes missing from a cruise ship, the FBI gets involved. But in this case, the Coast Guard and the Mexican Navy rendered assistance. The British Foreign and Commonwealth Office met her family when they came in from England. But it's the Bahamian government that's the authority in charge of this investigation because the ship is registered in the Bahamas. Well, every action, they say, has a reaction. And the move by airlines to charge for luggage has meant, get this number, 59 million more pieces of luggage were taken aboard planes as carry-on in the United States last year compared to the year before, 2009. 59 million more pieces of carry-on luggage. That's raising concerns about the cost of screening all those extra carry-ons and whether it's stretching airport security too thin. Some folks are calling for federal limits on checked bag fees in order to cut down on people... Uh, uh, having to carry them on and clogging up security checkpoints. But other export, experts say the problem is minor. I'm sure we'll debate this till the cows come home. I did uh, fly just uh, just this past week from Fort Lauderdale to Minneapolis-St. Paul. The flight was full before Delta even began boarding people onto the plane. They called for people to gate check their bag, which means give it to them right there uh, as you walk onto the uh, arm that goes to the plane. Now, there's no cost to do that. So uh, if you can get your bag through as a carry-on bag and you need to check it, it's not as you may save 25 bucks. A French skyscraper climber scaled the world's tallest building Monday in Dubai, navigated that tapered spire that extends beyond the top floors of the structure even. Alain Robert, or Alan Roberts, as we might call him, uh, climbed up the half-mile-high <coughs> the half mile high Burj uh, Khalifa uh, in Dubai. It took him six hours. Part of the climb was in the dark, and they had a row of powerful spotlights illuminating him. By the way, the building agreed to this. 
Um, and unlike uh, many of his previous climbs, Hélène Robert, who's 48, by the way, used a rope and harness to comply with organizers' requirements. They had an ambulance with a stretcher nearby. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry to say it, but once he's above five or six stories, I don't know how much help that ambulance could have been. This is... Uh, this is more than 70 skyscrapers this guy has climbed, uh, including the what was the Sears Tower, now called the uh, Willis Tower in Chicago. And uh, early assurances that those two pilots who landed at Washington's Reagan National Airport were just following protocol were disputed by a couple of experts uh, this past week. It was clearly inappropriate, and I'm quoting, to land without a clearance from the tower, and it's preposterous to say there was no violation and that it was a perfectly safe procedure. That's a quote from Loretta Alcalay, who's a former, a former top lawyer for the Federal Aviation Administration's Eastern Region. Uh, she was joined, in her opinion, by Richard Healing, a former member of the National Transportation Safety Board, who said he was, quote, more than a little surprised, unquote, that the jets landed at Reagan National rather than flying to nearby Baltimore-Washington Airport or Dulles International Airport in the Virginia suburbs. The NTSB, that's the National Transportation Safety Board, says the actions of the flight crews are one of the things under investigation. So I picked up a copy of Atlantic uh, Magazine not long ago. I will admit it's uh, it's not the current issue because I was a little behind in my reading, but there was a cover line that caught my eye, as you might expect it would. The cover line was, The Gaping Hole in Airline Security. It was a short front of the book piece written by Jeffrey Goldberg, who has been a guest on the show before. Jeffrey, nice to have you back. Thanks for having me. All right. What, uh, what alerted you to uh, this hole in airline security, and let's tell us what the hole is. Yeah, the, uh, the hole is referring to something that, that most uh, ordinary mortals don't experience, which is uh, private aviation or uh, corporate aviation. I, I was invited uh, by a friend to fly on a corporate jet recently, and we, we went out of uh, New York, Teterboro Airport, down to, uh, to Washington, uh, to Dulles. And um, the fascinating thing for me is someone who's written about the TSA and all of these onerous and sometimes uh, silly procedures is that when you fly on one of these general aviation jets, corporate jets, uh, there's no security whatsoever. Uh, no, no ID is checked. No bags are checked. They have no idea who you are when you're getting on these planes. The industry, which of course is very defensive about this, says that, well, the culture of these uh, airports is such that a stranger would be noticed and would be flagged and the oh, yeah. authorities would be alerted, but didn't didn't strike me as the safest possible procedure in the world. No, I mean, it suggests, obviously, and you pointed out in your piece, that uh, a terrorist, uh, al-Qaeda, na- to name one group that might well, be able to have enough funds to even just lease a corporate jet right. and, and overcome the pilots and fly it into whatever they want to fly it into. Yeah, you know, the industry, which you know wants to pr- preserve its privileges, obviously, uh, and doesn't want its customers to be bothered with the sort of airline security that uh, you know regular us, us regular people have right. to deal with. Uh, they say no, it could never happen, but they don't tell you why it could never happen. It just seems that that there that that at some point the the federal government might want to sort of look at this and try to devise some some intelligence system. It doesn't have to be a dumb system the way we have uh, in our commercial airports, but some sort of intelligence system to at least figure out who's who's borrowing these planes, who's renting them, who's owning them, and who's going on, and what are they bringing on. I mean, the, the amazing thing is that this is a flight from New York to Washington. We flew within a couple of miles of CIA headquarters. Sure. Now, imagine if uh, you know someone was on that plane and wanted to overpower the pilot. Not that hard to do. 
No, and I remember, I'm going to let you go here, Jeff, but I do remember the, the pilot of a small plane who flew into a New York building because he was irritated with the IRS. you remember that? No, I, I absolutely do. It's, it's, uh, it's something, uh, you know, we shouldn't worry unduly about it. We've got a lot to worry about, but uh, this seemed to be a hole. Yeah, I think it's definitely an issue. I appreciate your talking about it. Hey, Jeffrey Goldberg with The Atlantic, thanks for stopping by today. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Jeffrey Goldberg's a writer with The Atlantic uh, magazine, and uh, I think he raises a valid point. Stick around when you come back. We're going to tell you some secrets of Las Vegas. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transfer to the hospital of your choice free of charge. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit TakeTripsNotChances.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. Take trips, not chances. What bothers you most about menopause? Is it the hot flashes? Waking up at night drenched in sweat? How about the mood swings or putting on weight? Tens of thousands of women have turned to Amberin to get relief from their menopause symptoms. Will Amberin work for you too? The only way to find out is to give it a try. That's why we're giving every woman who calls today a complimentary risk-free trial of Amberin with a 30-day supply free. Amberin is all natural, and its safety and effectiveness is backed by published clinical studies. Do you want a life without hot flashes, night sweats, or mood swings? Want to lose weight, sleep great, and have more energy? We've made trying Amberin completely risk-free, and you get a 30-day supply free. All you have to do is make the call to claim your complimentary risk-free trial of Amberin. Call 1-800-220-2730. That's 1-800-220-2730. 1-800-220-2730. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack knocked over a candlestick onto the shag carpeting, and his pants ignited into flames, causing him to stop, drop, and roll. Luckily, Jack recently had Geico help him with renter's insurance, because all his belongings went up in flames. Jack got full replacement and now has new pants he ordered from Banana Republic. Visit Geico.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Nice to have you here. Delighted to be joined by Rob Keener. You may remember him. We had uh, Rob on as a guest. He's an old friend of mine. When he did a piece for the International Editions of Reader's Digest, uh, and he went backstage, so to speak, uh, in Disney World, at Disney World, in Orlando. And he was allowed access to places that... Uh, uh, certainly visitors aren't permitted in, and not many journalists are. Well, he's done it again. He went and spent a week in Las Vegas, and his article, called Confidential Las Vegas, uh, has appeared in dozens of international editions of Reader's Digest and uh, uh, will eventually appear in the domestic edition, but we got him here first. Uh, Rob, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Rudy. 
So you went to, for a week in Vegas, and you, I, th- I gather you focused on the Venetian and Caesar's Palace uh, and found out some of the secrets of the casinos. Let me just start, start right off the bat. How come the ceilings are so low in those casinos? Dude, that's a good question. You know, I think the one word answer to that is psychology. Uh, I'm told that the designers usually create low ceilings to create, you know, a more intimate space for gamblers. You might also have noticed, along with the low ceilings, there's very few straight lines or straight passageways in the casinos. Designers favor curved lines to keep people encouraging guests to explore the casino. So really, no, I've actually never noticed that. But I know, you know, well, there are these, I don't know, are these mists that they pump pure oxygen in at three in the morning to keep people from leaving the table and cause them to lose more money. I mean, are any of those things true? Well, some are and some aren't. It's, it's interesting you mentioned the oxygen one, because I did look into that, and that is a myth. As, as I was explained to you very quickly, people told me that, you know, if we did pump in pure oxygen, it could explode if you're smoking in there. So that's, that is a myth. But there are other things that are true, like there's a really a large absence of clocks, windows, even mirrors. I think the mirrors are really interesting, because someone, one of the management explained to me, you know, we really want gamblers to think they're James Bond, if they're looking in the mirror, they don't, they don't want to be, come off as some pudgy guy from Iowa. Some losing, slump, yeah. Who's Lose, losing some money slump on, who's losing the mortgage. That's right. It kind of breaks, <laughs> the, breaks the self-image a bit. Well, now, uh, did, were, you, you went upstairs to the 50th, 50th floor of the Venetian, and you found a whole different kind of casino, didn't you? Describe that for us. I did. It, it's really, it was the Palazzo, you know, which is owned by the Venetian, and it was called the Paisa Club. And it's overlooking the strip. It looks over onto the airport. And this is really what they call a casino within a casino. And it's strictly limited. It's invitation only. And it's limited to what are called the whales, you know, the real high rollers. And there's about a universe of a thousand of these mega rich gamblers all around the world. And that's what this Paisa Club caters to. And were there any whales playing when you were there? Yeah, that's a good question. There were, and I mentioned uh, to the manager, I said, is there a chance I could interview? And they said, don't, don't be silly. Not a chance. <laughs> Not could a you, chance. Could you see what size wagers they were making? Well, I could, yeah. It was fascinating. They do have to have a $1 million line of credit, no. even to be allowed up in that uh, exclusive club. And one of the regulars comes in there, and he's, you know, most, as you know, most um, high rollers like Baccarat, especially the Asian gamblers, but this guy loves slot machines, so he arranged to have a $500 slot machine brought up from the casino and put into the Paisa Club so he can use it whenever he comes. So every pull of the handle or press of the button, which more people do now, is $500? That's right, $500 every time you pull that handle. Did you happen to hear any bells go off while you were there? <laughs> I didn't, know. But I get this must be a much more pl- luxurious room than the average casino. I, I and uh, waiters and attendants everywhere? That's right, exactly. There's multilingual attendants. They're, they really call them butlers. There's a staff of 50, I believe. All these high rollers, or as they're called, whales, they're flown in on private jets that are owned by the Venetian or the Caesars Palace, whoever owns these jets, because most of the big casinos have these sort of outlets. And um, they're brought in free, and they're put up free, and whatever they want, they get from the best food, the rarest food in Asia, the, a plane will fly over and pick it up if they want it. You know, I, uh, I, I, I know a whale, actually, and one of the things that astounded me is he told me that he decides what casino he goes to, not just on all the luxuries and comps, which you have hinted at here, 
Uh, but he actually negotiates, and these guys can negotiate for a refund on their losses. In other words, one casino might say, okay, if you come play at our place, we'll kick back to you 10% of your losses. And he'll go to another casino and say, can you give me 15%? I mean, the, competi- the competition must be fierce. Yeah, it's fascinating. I know, I know, I know that all Gary Selesner, who's the president of the Caesar's Palace, said, you know, all of us know who these people are, and there is a lot of competition on both sides because the whales are pretty smart and they know that they can do just what you said because their their custom is so valued by these high end casinos. All right, let's leave the whales up in their airy on the fiftieth floor of the Venetian and come down to the floor where the rest of us uh, workaday uh, schlubs uh, play. Um, you said there were you know, a lack of clocks. You also mentioned your piece, a lack of seating areas, like sofas or a comfortable chair to sit in. That's right. You know, if you just wander around Caesar's Palace, for example, you'll notice that there's very few benches or sofas in the public areas. There are a few, but you have to really hunt to find them. Because management really thinks, you know, if you're sitting down, you're not generating revenue, and we're all about making money. My guest is Rob Keener. He's a writer with Reader's Digest. Uh, he's written a piece for the international editions called Confidential Las Vegas. You then got into the the inner sanctum of the inner sanctums, which is where all the those cameras uh, are monitored. Am I correct? That's right. That's the surveillance room, and they call all those cameras, as you know, the eye in the sky. And they and they you 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 mentioned the piece that they can zoom in so closely on what's going on at a table game, for example, that they can read the serial number on a $50 bill. That's right, exactly. Or any dollar bill, for that matter. That's right. You walk in the room, and there's maybe 150 screens in front of you, monitors, and there's about 12 operators, and they have over, they wouldn't tell me the exact number, but they have over 2,000 cameras just in one casino, for example, looking at pretty much everything. And you're right, they can zoom in on a bill where they can read the serial number they had a side-viewing camera, which he said, look at this, and he pulls a little joystick, and sure enough, it zoomed on on a stack of chips, and you could see the color of the chips and how many there were in the stack. Wow, I didn't know they could look at you from the side. That's interesting. Let me, let me, let me tell you one stat that blew my mind. You can explain it, but I'll, I'll tee it up for you. You have a much better chance of surviving a heart attack in Las Vegas than most any other major city in the United States. Explain. See, that, that's a good one. Uh, that's also the practical side of all these cameras. You know, the management is very quick to say this isn't about just watching you for our reasons. It's also for security and safety because security guards are continuously scanning these casino cameras. And if a visitor collapses, you know, personnel can notice it right away and administer first aid. So as a result of that, a heart attack survival rate in Vegas is more than 50%. That's compared to 30% in Seattle or just 2% on the streets of New York City. <laughs> so as I said in my article, finally Vegas gamblers have some odds in their favor. <laughs> That's great. So you'd, uh, you're right. If you're an old guy and a little overweight, better to be in Vegas than walking down Fifth Avenue. You got that right. <laughs> well, what did you find the people who, I, I, obviously you had to have escorts to go into the uh, Eye in the Sky room and, and up to the High Roller Suite. Um, did you find them cynical about the business, about the tourists, the visitors who come to Vegas, or... Do they think they're doing, and I don't mean to cast aspersions, they think they're sort of doing a public service, uh, the kind of thing, you know, we're providing a lot of good, clean fun here. No, they sure, they sure were. You know, they, they said we're more about, you know, Vegas is more about, ga- more about than just gambling. It's entertainment. True. And they were all so oriented to customer service. You know, we really value these customers from the penny slot people up to the whales. 
And they, they talked to me constantly with full respect for their customers, and they said, we're in the business of entertainment, and we want to make our customers as comfortable as possible. And they don't look down. Or I, 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 That's a good question. I didn't sense any of that. And you were there. I mean, it's there's still a recession going on there. They've, they've built a few too many hotel rooms. Uh, am I right? That's right, yes. Okay, and, and did you feel that there? Did you feel a... Uh, uh, a competition to bring in players, to bring in guests, to make them feel this is their home. Oh, I really did. There's, all, as you know, the the new. You go into the newer units, the newer casinos there, and they're they're almost empty. It's very sad. But these established casinos, you know, they're all trading on the magic word brand, and they have a lot of specialized marketing now. For example, you know, as you know, when you go into a Caesar's Palace or somewhere, you're given a card. And that shows exactly how much you bet, but it also creates a data bank for you with the casino. So they can email you and offer you discounts or offer you comps. So it's all very high-tech marketing. 20 seconds left, uh, Rob Keener. Did you gamble? Well, you know, I had to, Rudy. It's part of my job. Uh-huh. How did it go? Well, I thought at the end of the week I better try out, so I went down to the penny slots. And in about a half hour, I lost uh, exactly $17.70. Which, no, uh, my heart be still. Well, <laughs> That's about my limit. After seeing the whales lose their money, I thought, I'm coming out ahead. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. million-dollar line of credit. Rob Keener, thanks for uh, giving us a little window on the Vegas so many of us uh, rarely see. My pleasure, Rudy. So, yes, yes, so many of us rarely see. Thanks for talking to us, Rob. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to talk with Bill Chalmers about, well, the origin of the species, the species being the tourist. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com. Attention savvy travelers, Rudy Maxa here. If you're like me, you can't afford to take chances when you travel. You need medical evacuation service that's dependable and won't cost you a fortune in hidden fees. You need MedJet Assist. As a member, if you're hospitalized over 150 miles from home, MedJet will arrange medical transfer to the hospital of your choice free of charge. Believe me, you won't find protection like this from any other company, which is why I'm a member. It's time to travel smarter. Visit TakeTripsNotChances.com and sign up today. MedJet Assist. Take trips, not chances. AutoZone. Has your car lost its get up and go? Get to AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Cleaning your fuel system can help restore lost power and maintain your car's original performance. Right now at AutoZone, buy one bottle of Tecron Complete Fuel System Cleaner and get a second bottle free. That's two 12-ounce bottles for the price of one. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Pour in some performance. Get to AutoZone today. Get in the zone. AutoZone. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 33 minutes after the hour. Nice to have you with us this weekend. There's a new book out. It's called The Origin of the Species. No, not the original one. 
This is one on the evolution of travel from Greek spas to space tourism. It's written by William D. Chalmers. He knows quite a bit about traveling. He started the Global Scavenger Hunt, which we'll, we may talk about on another show with him. But for the moment, I want to focus on his new book called On the Origin of the Species, Homo Touristicus. Am I pronouncing the Latin correctly there? I think you are. You probably know the Latin better than I do. <laughs> well, I did take Latin, but I don't remember Touristicus being in there, but it may have been. I think the, I invented it. <laughs> oh, I think you did, too. Uh, Bill, this is, a, this is a different kind of book because it's not a narrative. It's a timeline, and it's a fascinating timeline of travel as we've known it. Why don't you, uh, <laughs> we only have six minutes, why don't you describe, why don't you hop, skip, and jump century to century, but just give us some sort of idea of the flow of travel and how it's changed, its purpose, and its reality. Well, sure, let's cover 20,000 years of, his, of human history in six minutes. No yeah, problem. I knew we could, I knew you could do that. <laughs> That's why I had you on the show. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I did it as a timeline because I didn't want to get bogged down in a, in a subjective narrative, and I really wanted to get the facts. And I had always been interested in knowing, you know, when the first airline, commercial airline flew, who was the first uh, airline to offer in-flight meals. And I started researching this and getting into it, and, and, you know, I kept going further and further back and realizing travel has always literally been in our genes since day one. Uh, And we've always been moving around, and our movement has changed as we have changed culturally and technologically. And it really was a fascinating thing to watch unfold over the years of research. Well, did the first travelers travel for pleasure? Mostly by, for, for need. They travel for, for need. You know, literally getting out of the tree and, and seeing that there's food a little bit further on over the horizon, uh-huh. and off right. they went from there. I still travel uh, for food, know, Bill. I, and I do, too, and I'm going to <laughs> soon. <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it was survival. People were going because they had to get somewhere else, either to escape the bad guys or weather or find more fertile ground, right? That, that's correct. And then, and then it became somewhat sacred in nature, where we traveled for sacred reasons, to, oh. to go to ancient temples or places of worship. And then it began traveling for gold and for, and for patriotism, uh, to plant a flag in different places, uh, in different destinations of terra, terra incognito. And so it constantly, we constantly expanded our horizons, literally and figuratively, as technology allowed us to move about the planet, to the point now where Literally, you know, you get out at the airport, and in 24 hours, you can be pretty much anywhere in this on the globe that you want to go to. Well, I find some fascinating uh, uh, stats here. One is the history of hijacking, um, and and mm. and, and that the, in, between 1948 and 1957, there were 15 hijackings worldwide. I didn't even know there were yeah. hijackings that early. Were those political in nature, as they later became? They were political in nature, and sometimes people just needed to get from one place to another <laughs> place, and they, and they hijacked the plane to do so. Uh, you know what I found was interesting, Rudy? And maybe the Rand you, Corporation you it, study. You, you knew it before I did, but uh, I found out that, that it was unofficial U.S. policy to, to basically allow and actually promote hijacking of an airplanes for a period of time, as long as the airplanes were leaving Cuba or leaving Red China. I didn't know that. No, I did not know that. Yes, true, true. Uh, between, uh, between 58 and 69, 77% of pretty much all hijackings in the world were ones that were promoted by our wonderful central intelligence agencies to get pilots out of red China or communist Cuba. I had no, no, no knowledge of that. I don't know. I, I thought now, that was a 
I thought that was very interesting when I found that one out. The stat I thought you were talking with uh, Bill Chalmers, author of a new book called On the Origin of the Species, and that species is tourists, or he's, as he calls them, homo touristicus. It's, uh, and that sometime... includes all of us, in case anybody wants to get in that traveler-tourist debate. Exactly. The Evolution of Travel from Greek Spas to Space Tourism is the subtitle. The stat I thought you were going to bring up was this RAND Corporation study that found that 85% of all hostage deaths in airplane hijackings since 1968 have occurred during rescue attempts. During the rescue attempt, of course. Don't of save course. me. Please don't save me. <laughs> and then there's this Absolutely. other one, and, and I, I find this fascinating. I'm glad to see. I mean, I, I remember reading this, but over the years I thought, did I read that right? And you're confirming uh -huh. it. The top eight reasons Americans travel were, number one minute is not visiting family. and Number one is not visiting family and friends. Number one is what? Shopping. Unbelievable, isn't it? Shopping, yeah. It's oh, true. this is well. I'm. How you? How how did you put all this together? I mean, and people, and people. I mean, and, and Rudy, you know this. You don't even have to travel anywhere to go shopping, or you just have to go to the airport. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, now the nowadays you're the right. Mollification, right. The mollification of our airports is complete about 15 years ago, and you know they they are in and of themselves now wonderful shopping areas. You go to the the airport in Dubai, which I'm sure you've been to, and it is the it is one of the the nicest malls I've ever been in my life. And they happen to let you get on an airplane and go to faraway places. Well, if you like to read about travel, this is a great book to pick up. There are fascinating stats in here. For example. According to airline industry analysts, frequent flyer junkies take about a million extra wholly unnecessary uh, trips a year. I love this stuff, Bill Chalmers. Thanks so much for sharing it with us. Well, thank you, and, and hopefully the next edition will get bigger and better and more fun. The book is called On the Origin of the Species, Homo Touristicus. It's written by William Chalmers, C-H-A-L-M-E-R-S. Uh, I'm sure you can go to Amazon and pick it up. Delighted to talk to William, talk to Bill. Nice to have him on the show. Stick around when we come back. Palm Springs versus Desert Hot Springs. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. What's the most effective way to get more customers for your business, more donors for your nonprofit, more churchgoers on Sunday? Email marketing, because it gets results. That's why over 700,000 companies of all sizes use iContact, an industry-leading email marketing solution. iContact's award-winning email marketing solution makes it incredibly simple to create, send, and track email newsletters and email promotions. And iContact is integrated with social media, so your email newsletters can go viral on on Facebook and Twitter. Whether you're new to email marketing or a seasoned pro, let iContact help your business grow and prosper. With a 99% deliverability rate, iContact ensures that your message actually reaches your customer's inbox, not their junk mail or spam folder. And you can try iContact free for 30 days. Go to iContact.com and enter promo code FREE for your free 30-day trial right now. That's the letter I, contact.com, and promo code FREE. Email marketing with iContact gets results. Adventurous Americans, maybe you own a motorcycle, a boat, an RV, a PWC, or an ATV. Well, FYI, GEICO could save you money on insuring those vehicles. And here's how easy it is. You call GEICO and speak with a specialized agent about all the vehicles you own. The agent crunches the numbers. And if you're like thousands of others, your rate is less than what you pay now. And where I come from, paying less means saving money. Call GEICO today for a free rate quote. GEICO. Saving people money on more than just car insurance. I'm Jim Cook, brewer and founder of Samuel Adams, and nearly every day for the past 27 years, I've had a Boston lager. 
nice, rich amber color and a head so thick, you can float a bottle cap on it. I taste the sample from every batch, and I still look forward to the taste of the next one. Ah, delicious. Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Cheers to an American original. Boston Beer Company, Boston Mass. Save it responsibly. What bothers you most about menopause? Is it the hot flashes? Waking up at night drenched in sweat? How about the mood swings or putting on weight? Tens of thousands of women have turned to Amberin to get relief from their menopause symptoms. Will Amberin work for you too? The only way to find out is to give it a try. That's why we're giving every woman who calls today a complimentary risk-free trial of Amberin with a 30-day supply free. Amberin is all natural and its safety and effectiveness is backed by published clinical studies. Do you want a life without hot flashes, night sweats, or mood swings? Want to lose weight, sleep great, and have more energy? We've made trying Amberin completely risk-free, and you get a 30-day supply free. All you have to do is make the call to claim your complimentary risk-free trial of Amberin. Call 1-800-220-2730. That's 1-800-220-2730. This segment of the program is brought to you by MedJet Assist. Unlike other evacuation services, only MedJet Assist lets you decide which hospital will be your final destination. Regardless of the nature of your illness or injury, if you're hospitalized while traveling, they'll be there for you. So take trips, not chances, and visit MedJetAssist.com or go to RudyMaxa.com and look under Radio Sponsors for more info. 43 minutes after the hour, I'm your host, Rudy Maxa. You're in Rudy Maxa's world where the topic is all travel all the time. Uh, we were just talking to Bill Chalmers uh, the moment ago about his new book on the orig- origin of the species, uh, Homo Touristicus, a book about the history of the tourists through centuries. I mentioned you can pick up his book at Amazon. You can also get it at barnesandnoble.com. And if you want a little more information on it, you can go to his website, greatscavengerhunt.com. Excuse me, global, sorry, globalscavengerhunt.com. I'm joined by Stephanie Saris. I told you we're going to take a look at Desert Hot Springs. Now, most of us know Palm Springs, about a two-hour drive south of Los Angeles. I've been there a couple times, haven't spent a lot of time there. But near it is is Desert Hot Springs. And uh, I ran in at the LA Times Travel Show last week, uh, a couple weeks ago, actually. I ran into a representative from there, and I wanted to talk to somebody there. And we found we found uh, Stephanie Sarwas, who's the assistant general manager of a hotel there called Aqua Soleil Hotel. And uh, Stephanie, we're delighted to have you on the show. Well, thank you, Rudy. I'm delighted to be here. Now, you mentioned when we talked before, uh, when you were talking with my producer before uh, we set your time for this show, that even people in Southern California sometimes don't know the difference between Palm Springs and Desert Hot Springs. Well, that's very true. In fact, um, the way I found mm-hmm. Desert Hot Springs, uh, my mother was living out here in Palm Desert, which is about <laughs> 10 minutes from Palm Springs, just directly east. And then my sister moved out here, and she moved to Desert Hot Springs, and I had never even thought of going north. The way it is is um, Palm Springs is directly east of L.A., two hours, and then you have Palm Springs, Cathedral City, Rancho Mirage, Indian Wells, and then Indio, La Quinta. But north, just on the other side of the I-10, is Desert Hot Springs. 
And what is unique about Desert Hot Springs? Well, we're, we have the best tasting water in the world. We've won many medals, gold, silver, and bronze for just our regular tap water. But you're in the desert, uh, Stephanie. Explain that. I know it's the aquifer. It Actually, we're surrounded by mountains. There's San Jacinto and, and, um, and it was San Gregonio. Well, it takes eight years for the water to trickle down, and it collects all the minerals as it's coming down the mountain, and it makes the water so tasty. And uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but they actually have water-tasting contests, like they do wine, sure. and they give them medals, and we've won gold and silver and bronze, as I mentioned before. Well the, done. The water is wonderful. But not only that, then we have our hot water, which runs underneath desert hot springs. So you which, do have hot springs in desert hot springs. Oh, we do. It's actually there. You know, it's heated by the um, tectonic plates from the um, you know the faults, the earthquake faults. And what happens is the little spas they have to drill down, mm-hmm. and then they pump the water up into their spas, into their pools. Have you got the, one of those at the Aqua Soleil Hotel? Oh yes, we do. We have three pools. And we're one of the only two hotels in this town that have actual private mineral spas in our suites. Which you mean, is you mean the, the hot water from the center of the earth is, comes right up in your suite? Yes. Uh-huh. We have 10 of those rooms, and they have their own private jacuzzis. Very cool. I love to ask this question of locals who often don't do what they suggest visitors do. How often <laughs> do you get into a, a hot spring? <laughs> Not often enough. See, because I, you can't. I, it's because you can do it anytime you want, so you don't do it. Well, actually, you know, we're so busy running a hotel. But I, I did go over to my friend's hotel just two nights ago and soaked in their pools. But you know, there's something about where you work and you're busy and you just don't take the time. So when I see other people enjoying it, it's so wonderful. You're also right near Joshua State Park, aren't you? Or National Park. We are say. 35 minutes from Joshua Tree. And uh, right now is just the best time to go there. The uh, flowers are just starting to bloom. They'll start blooming. Well, some are blooming now, but into April and and in the beginning of May, you'll still be able to see the flowers. You're, and it, you're, you're making me crazy. I'm in Minnesota. And there's no snow here. Well, let me tell you what happened today. I actually have a family that is here on our family package. Yes. Well, yesterday they spent the day at the um, Living Desert Zoo in Palm Desert, came back, soaked in the water, swam. This morning they went up to um, San Jacinto, you know, up the famous tram yep. where they have those, um, I think they're the world, world's largest revolving. And they walked around the snow. They didn't walk around. They they, they went in the water, the <laughs> snow all day, and then came back and got back in the hot pools. Fabulous. If you go to Desert Hot Springs, stop by and say hi to Stephanie Sarwis at the Aqua Soleil Hotel. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll be right back. Hey? Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. This segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by Service Magic. Now you can hire pre-screened home pros with confidence for repairs, remodeling, plumbing needs, maid services, and so much more. Visit www.homebuild411.servicemagic.com. 
That's homebuild411.servicemagic.com. Welcome back to Rudy Max's World. It's 52 minutes after the hour. We have a deal of the week for you coming up in just a minute. But I just got to tell you something. Every once in a while, a press release comes across your desk and you go say, what? Excuse me? And you read it a second time. One did this week. It was sent to me by Visa, the credit card people. Or, uh, and uh, uh, it, 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 it's called their 2011 Tourism Outlook Mexico. And it details spending by international visitors to Mexico in 2010, that's last year, uh, based on their the spending pattern or spending totals on their visa cards. Um, and I'm joined by uh, Paul Wilkie, who's a senior business leader with uh, Global Corporate Relations at Visa, because I found these numbers perplexing. I wanted to see if he did, too. For example, in 2010, international visa cardholders spent spending in Mexico increased by more than 12 percent over 09. Now, Paul, you know, it's no secret that, I mean, barring an earthquake and tsunami in Japan or a, a revolution in, in Egypt, it seems there's a steady drumbeat of, you know, of, of crime in Mexico and tourism down in Acapulco, et cetera, et cetera. Um, were you as surprised by these numbers as I am? Uh, Rudy, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised, and I'll tell you why. 2009 was a terrible year for tourism in Mexico. Uh, they were reeling back from the flu scare, there was the security concerns, uh, and also you had the global economy uh, just in, you know, in a funk. So what we looked at for 2010, we knew we were going to see some good numbers for 2010 because, you know, bottom line, you can't keep good travelers down. People love to travel, and what we saw during the recession was that people were tra- still traveling. Uh, they, just, they were staying closer to home. So people in the U.S. were staying in the U.S., people in Canada were maybe going down to the U.S., and people were, were just staying closer. But uh, what we saw with 2010 numbers across the globe, no, not just Mexico, is that people were returning to their, their longer-distance destinations. So, but, but are we considering Mexico a faraway destination? I was, I was thinking that might fall into the closer-to-home category. Um, well, it does. It, well, it depends where, where you're coming from. If you're well, coming that's from the true. East Coast, so it's, <laughs> it's a long destination. If you're in L.A., and, it's uh, right closer to home. I, well, also, I also think that uh, during, you know, during an economic downturn, anywhere abroad feels like a long trip, feels sure. like a, a destination. You actually have to, you have to dust off the passport and go through a border. And, uh, and they and, speak a different language. Right? That's right, exactly. Well, this um, is a this is a stat. Excuse me for interrupting you, Paul. But 20, Mexico saw a twenty three percent increase of U.S. tourists in twenty ten compared to 20, 2009. Exactly, um, and it's actually interesting. Overall, not just Americans coming back to Mexico, but travelers abroad. You know, that two thousand ten figure of four point four billion uh, is the same level it was in two thousand seven. During the boom time, is it too soon? Final question: Is it too soon to tell whether 2011 might be a banner year as well? Well, we're all hoping it's going to be a banner year, but uh, unfortunately, what what you see with uh, events uh, like what happened in Japan is is even during a time of recovery, economically and and in terms of traveling, all it takes is one event to change to change things drastically. I'd love to say 2011 is going to be a great year for for Mexico and other key tourism destinations. But you, you never know. Paul Wilkie, uh, we'll check with you. How about uh, this time next year? Okay, great. Paul, Paul Wilkie is a senior business leader with Global Corporate Relations at Visa. I thank you for joining us, Paul. Thanks a lot. Take care. Okay, take care. we got about two minutes left here. We can do a quick deal of the week. If we got that sound effect, hit it, Jeff. Boom, time for the deal of the week. 
Yeah, there we go. I don't, somehow we need a more muscular sound. We need a bigger sound. I don't know what it is. This one is for the frequent flyers, and I mean real frequent flyers in the crowd. If you're not a mileage junkie, forgive me. If you're a mileage junkie, you may well love me. This is aimed at folks who work Delta Airlines frequent flyer program. Okay, that's a lot of people in this country. And who also carry an American Express card that earns membership rewards points. Every buck you spend, you get a membership reward point, which at some point when you get enough, you can cash in for clothes at department stores and meals at restaurants. And you know you know the tune. There's literally thousands of opportunities to cash in those American Express membership rewards points. One of is, one of them is, and here's the special deal, until May 31st, you're going to get a bonus for turning your mem- Amex points into Delta Sky Miles. You're going to get a 50% bonus for every mile you cash, every, excuse me, American Express point you cash in for a mile. So if you cash in 10,000 Amex points, you're going to get 15,000 Ameri- uh, Delta Miles. Okay, that's good. That's But here's, here's the thing aimed at the real travel junkies out there, the uh, folks who take those unnecessary trips just to reach elite status. If you trade in 50,000 points or more from your American Express point, you'll get that 50, 50% bonus, so that, that equals 75,000 miles. But you'll also get, listen carefully, 25,000 medallion qualifying miles, MQMs. Those are normally only obtainable by actually flying miles. So if you do this, you can get 25,000. That'll put you to silver immediately. If you're already at silver, it'll put you to gold. If you're at gold, it'll get you to platinum. So it's a pretty good deal. Call American Express or Delta and find out about it. It's good till May 31st. It's just for you all. Hey, we've come to the end of the hour. I hate that when we come to the end of this hour, but if your station's sticking around, as most of them are, we'll be right back after some local news and a few commercial messages with, oh, we got a full... We're going to answer the question, is a hotel room ever really clean? You don't want to miss that. I'm Rudy Maxa. Stick around. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.